Hey there, welcome back to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and the sun is back. Well, <laughs> partially. <laughs> there are lots and lots of thick, white, fluffy clouds, but also a bit of blue sky, and I think in a few minutes from now, the rays of the sun will hit my face again, which is always good, especially after a week of extremely unstable weather, uh, during which I had to be outside almost all of the time. I've been uh, working maybe a little bit too hard lately to uh, get all my work done before I move, which will be in two and a half weeks from now. It is a little bit uh, scary how how much I still have to do and how little time there is. And so in order to free up my calendar and my time and to create a bit of peace of mind, I uh, uh, teamed up with uh, my cameraman and director to film the remaining eight TV episodes together. And that meant that I think within seven days... I filmed, what was it, four or five episodes, which absolutely record-breaking. Um, and my, my TV show is mostly outside, so we've had all types of weather. Storm, rain, wind, hail even at one point, <laughs> and also sunshine. And all in all, we were quite lucky that on the days that we had to be outside and we, we were filming outside... Um, well, it wasn't really springtime weather, but it was a lot better than the days that uh, we didn't go out to film where it was uh, typical Dutch March weather with uh, just loads and loads of wind. It was actually at one point, there was so much wind. I was sitting at my desk on, and I was working on a computer and you could hear the, the wind howl around the house. You know, the, 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 all these, these scary sounds that normally you only get from, like, um, a collection of sound effects <laughs> that you find on the internet. It's like, <laughs> and thunderstorms and everything. And all of a sudden I hear a crashing sound as if something collapsed. And it was wood and stone. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? So I look outside the window. I see nothing. And uh, I even went down the stairs and walked around the house, and I couldn't tell what it was. So I get back home, and then I hear another crash, and there was another plank or something falling. And it's like, there was only one place that, that this, where this could come from, from the church. And so in my bedroom, there is one window uh, that is next to the church. So I look up, and I see that one of the uh, uh, protrusions of the, of the roof... It's like a little window. I'm, I'm not sure what the term is architecturally, but it's these, these small outcroppings on the rooftop. It had completely collapsed because of the wind. Now, the, the roof is in very bad shape, and they're about to start renovating it. But apparently the wood was so rotten that the wind took hold of it, and the entire thing, well, almost the entire thing blew off, crashed onto the, the, the roof, the flat roof, of the parish uh, uh, hallway and, and, and probably caused some major damage there too. <laughs> so just crazy weather. And today, well, you hear a little bird happy that it's all over. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, uh, feeling quite good. And despite the hard work, and, and lots and lots of things going on. I think that there's like a, a, a shift in, in the entire process. Up until this moment, I was mostly worried about, uh, can I pull this off? Can, can I find a home to stay? And if so, uh, will I be able to move in time? And uh, I was, I think, still kind of coping with the change and trying to process everything that happened. Um, whereas this past week everything came together and uh, the, uh, uh, the the new parish where uh, where I'll be renting a home uh, is uh, has been very forthcoming very easy to work with um, they made a, a, a I think a, a great proposal and 
Um, I've been in talks with them and with uh, a fellow priest about the situation, and I, I just feel so happy that everything is going so smoothly. And so um, th- I think tomorrow, I'm recording this on a Sunday, uh, tomorrow, Monday, we will have our, um, let's say, more formal meeting where we will hammer out the details of the contract, and then we're good to go. And it's uh, going to be an interesting uh, two and a half weeks. <clears throat> but since I already know that this is uh, there's there are no obstacles, um, I've started packing and started sorting uh, with the help of uh, Inget Inge. We've been going through all my my stuff, furniture. I had to fill in a, a huge list for the moving company uh, that I approached, which was a bit uh, <laughs> confronting, I have to say, because they send you like a form, uh, a f- like, yeah, a form, an online form that you have to fill in, and you have to go room by room and make an estimate of, well, you have to uh, name the furniture that, that is there, and then also make an, uh, like a, a rough estimate of how many boxes you would need to pack the stuff in that particular room. And uh, <laughs> it was a bit hard to realize that despite the fact that I've been decluttering so much, just two years ago when I moved in here, uh, I still have so much stuff. And it's a bit discouraging. Like, I thought that I was you know, living a, a relatively minimalist lifestyle and then you just look at all the mess uh, and uh, this, everything that's still in storage in the attic wow I remember uh, two years ago when I moved or before moving I was thinking well what if I would reduce all my stuff to just 10 boxes uh, <laughs> and now I'm thinking uh, 10 boxes what was I thinking but again it's, it's not about the result it's about the effort you put in it and so, again, I'm going through everything I have. And it helps to have some other people doing that with me and helping me to decide. Otherwise, it gets very overwhelming. <clears throat> so we, we, yesterday we went through all the kitchen stuff. That's now, I think, cut in half. And we moved um, everything that is still in a, in a good state. We cleaned it and brought it to a welfare so they can either bring it to countries with, you know, where they can use the stuff or they can sell it. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's better than throwing it away. And we're going to do the same thing for everything else. So up in the attic, I still have my remaining collection of books. Now, this may hurt for those of you that are book lovers and like the physical books. But I've decided to not bring them along. Despite the fact that I really, really uh, sometimes love the paper versions especially the special editions uh, where the the form of the books itself is also adding to the to the experience um, despite that I'm still going to get rid of 90% of the of the books that I that I that remain um, and it's it's a conscious effort it is a bit like you know that old DVD collection that I used to have where I, I carefully selected the DVDs that I wanted to buy. Um, and, and a lot of those films had extras that you can't find online, like director's commentary, etc. But then at one point I was like, okay, I'm just going to sell everything. Because I just don't have the time to watch all these movies, at least not in this life. Uh, and the same is true for, for the books. Well, what good is it? to keep a collection of hundreds and hundreds of books whereas um, I will probably the books that I read currently are the newer books or books that have been recommended to me but I'm not going back and reread that many books or uh, take for instance all the books that I read uh, or was supposed to read during my philosophy and theology studies those are really it's a great collection but that you know that time is now in the past, and it's. I'm living through. <laughs> my mission currently, right now, is not to study philosophy and theology. And even, even if, for some reason, I was, I'm supposed to do some further studies. There's nothing there that I can't rebuy, 
or go to a library and find it there. So I'm just going to clean all that stuff up. And books are heavy, you know that, and take up a lot of space. Just getting rid of most of the books before I move. I'll just keep a few, like, uh, for instance, books that people sent me. Um, like I remember there was a few years ago, someone sent me a book about, I think it was an autobiography by uh, William Shatner, and, and went through the effort and also the expense, let's be honest, to get an autograph, to, to get a dedication from William Shatner. Well, of course, I'm going to cherish that. I'm never going to throw that away. And that's true. So all the books that have a very, like a special meaning to me, um, I'll bring those with me. But, but that's not even one box. All the rest, just books that I bought myself, many of which I already have in digital form, form anyway. Mm, yeah, it's no, it's no use. And then the biggest challenge is going to be to go through all my equipment. Uh, over the years, I've constantly, of course, um, improved my equipment and uh, bought also the accessories, sometimes necessary, like lenses or cables. Oh, my gosh. I've, I must have hundreds of cables, and some of them are still useful, like USB cables, but other cables like the, you know, I've got at least 12 or 15 HDMI cables. I just don't have, <laughs> I don't have equipment to use that for. And some of the HDMI standards have, or some of the cables are uh, just for older standards, so you can't even use them anymore to hook up your 4K player to your TV. So I got to sort through all that and recycle probably most of the most of the equipment and it's also because I've learned over time to simplify and something I I can't do in all areas of my life I certainly could do production wise and that is to uh, just use uh, I, I don't use that much equipment but what I have is extremely good and it is totally it's absolutely what I need what I like to use what helps me to work fast and so having that collection of a very kind of size down uh, kit production kit for video for audio production and for editing uh, helps me now to get rid of all the rest and so uh, again it hurts a little bit because I invested so much in this equipment. But, of course, it has had its use. It has helped me to produce thousands of podcasts and I don't know how, how many videos and TV shows and whatnot. So it's not that, you know, I'm missing anything. They have, ser they have served their purpose. So it's a little bit like uh, the Marie Kondo method where before you throw something away, you say, well, thank you, dear reindeer pullover you have served me for five years giving me warmth around christmas time and helping me make a fool of myself on instagram uh thank you for your service and i'm now donating you to charity <laughs> that's kind of the process still ahead of me when it comes to all my equipment and uh and i hope what, what i'm going to do is to do instead of starting with you know drawer one and going through all the stuff that would take a lot of time instead i'm going to do the inverse I'm going to first ask myself, what am I really using on a weekly basis for, for my work? And I'm going to take just that equipment, and then I'm going to set that apart, knowing that if I have that, there's nothing else that is essential. And then I think it will be much easier to just go through the rest and get rid of most of it. And then the next step is going to be... Uh, packing everything and moving it which may be a bit challenging in the sense that uh, even though the current inhabitants of the of the house um, will get the key to their new apartment on April 1st uh, they already hinted at the fact that they will probably not be out of the house at that moment so they will gradually move everything themselves um, step by step emptying the, the rooms and the apartment so I have to talk to them and see if I can you know how are we going to organize things 
because I, I don't have that luxury to take two weeks to move my stuff. I need to be out of the house with everything I have on April the 1st. So, um, yeah, and I don't, I really want to avoid putting stuff in storage. So the more I throw away now, the easier the process will be. But I can't throw everything away because I still have quite a few rooms to fill. You, you want to create, I don't know, just a cozy house and I'll be living there for a couple of years at least, hopefully uh, for more than a few. Um, so I want to make sure that what I keep, that, it, that it's enough to uh, make the, the new house feel like a home, which as a kind of uh, <laughs> semi-hobbit is important to me. So, well, that, that is kind of the process that I'm in. Um, but the fact that everything is now um, in place, the, I am welcome in that house, uh, it is a really, it's just a great solution, has, I think, helped me to kind of take the next step. Just let go of all these months of uncertainty and frustration and just look forward to the next few weeks. Uh, and, and despite the fact that not everything is clear yet and we still have to uh, um, arrange a, a lot of things, but it's feasible and I'm actually enjoying the process. I think another reason that I'm enjoying it is that I don't have to um, do all the work myself. I have people that help me with it. That's a great support because I'm not the best person to, for when it comes to organization. I'm, as you know, uh, a bit eclectic in my well, a bit a lot very eclectic in my in my approach to reality, and I get easily sidetracked or I'm kind of sometimes uh, very indecisive. So having other people taking the lead, uh, giving their advice is a is a great help. Same is true for my work, my professional work. Um, having someone else who is doing all the editing does all the prep um having someone who is uh, uh with me goes to all these locations it's it's so much easier to work like that than doing everything yourself and so i'm very happy with the outcome so far uh, we've got two more tv shows to film that's next wednesday and then i think on friday is the last one and then uh yeah, I don't have to worry about things anymore. And I can just uh, sit down just to do my final three shows, uh, which is going to be uh, uh, like an extended version of uh, my uh, trip to, or my, my walk to Santiago. And I'm already looking forward to it. It's so much fun. I love going back to that material and squeezing out an, another narrative than uh, I aired three years ago. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm eager to do it. Especially because, again, just like with China, uh, the China documentary, I'm, I'm making it in a Dutch version, but I'm also doing a, another cut or another edit. Uh, it's not the Schneider cut, but it's definitely more, you know, a different approach for the international um, uh, community. And. Uh, and that's fun because I've shared a lot of vlogs while I was walking to Santiago. But at one point, it took up so much time. And it was so complicated to uh, edit on it. I, I used my iPhone 6 to film everything, and but also to edit in iMovie. And I just remember how, what a <laughs> tremendous amount of work that was. After having walked for, I don't know, 15 miles or 20 miles or 30 miles... Uh, arriving on your new, on the you know the next destination, and then instead of relaxing like what most pilgrims did, I was just sitting on my bed for at least three hours to to uh, edit a small vlog, which I then could only upload uh, in very low resolution because this was four uh, four G was almost nowhere to be found. So very, very simple. Sometimes you would have Wi-Fi, but even a Wi-Fi would be slow because all these pilgrims were uploading their pictures. So I could only do very, very short videos, low quality, crappy microphone. 
And I remember at one point I was like, okay, this is enough. I'm work. This is not supposed to be work. This is supposed to be a pilgrimage. So I, and I remember the day that I stopped film. Well, I didn't stop filming, but I did stop editing uh, these vlogs. It was, well, I, I'm, I have no idea at what point. I think it was even before the halfway point. And um, I was uh, staying in a small village and they had these hobbit holes. Literally. It was a kind of a building technique that they used in the past where they would cover the houses, very small apartments and sometimes uh, workplaces, etc. They would just put a hill on top of them to isolate them from the heat and from the cold in the winter. And just the thing looked like real-life hobbit holes. And it was so cool. I remember walking around it. It was like, I'm going to upload that. And that was the, the final, I think, the final vlog. So the, the, over the past few years, I've had many emails and messages from people binge-watching my vlogs uh, on YouTube. And then all of a sudden, it stops. And there's like, are you still alive? What happened? <laughs> we, never, we never got closure. And so being able to uh, finally bring closure to that journey. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and then from then on, uh, I think the good times are... Well, the good times are already here. But I'm so looking forward to making that my primary job. Is just creating uh, documentaries on the same level and hopefully also on a higher level than I've been able to do so far. And instead of just making them for my current audience in the Netherlands, uh, hopefully reaching uh, a, a bigger group and to share it with you. Really looking forward to that. So, all in all, I'm quite content in this situation and uh, even though just a, a week ago I was very apprehensive about the week to come especially because I knew that I had to work super hard and, uh, and there, there was a lot of uh, weather wise the, the, the prognostics weren't good so I was uh, kind of preparing myself mentally for a very very tough week and now at the end of the week, instead of being exhausted, I feel energized. I feel really good. I feel so good that I, I'm almost worried because I don't want to revert to my old behavior of trying to do too much, uh, running too fast. And uh, just pacing myself currently is the biggest challenge because I'm just not used to... Th- think ahead I just I have energy okay I'm gonna spend all my energy right now and gosh these the words of my last encounter with my physical therapist still ring in my ears like you're the 200% guy um why don't you try 50% (laughs) pace yourself because if you don't you're you might get in trouble uh health-wise and so I I'm very, very grateful that she said that to me because it's something I've always known. Something that also uh, many of you have warned me against. It's like, Father Roderick, we see your your updates. It feels like you're always working. How can you keep up the pace? And I don't really have a good explanation for it other than when I have energy, I want to spend it. And, and But it's all about saving things a little bit for later and... and uh, making sure that you have some margin left for the unexpected. So, well, one one of the hard decisions was to, uh, I think, I'm not sure if I shared that with you. So we've been thinking about, uh, so what are we going to do for Holy Week and Easter now that I won't be here? And I, of course, around the, uh, the stream on Sunday, I got a lot of, volunteers and collaborators and I've got a nice church and every the equipment everything is in place but we have to pack all that stuff and I don't think it's possible to to mount it right away um and and that's only the technical side of it but also the move itself may still be physically very taxing 
and it's going to be right smack in the middle of Holy Week. So we've been going back and forth over it and decided, well, you know what? This is... We'll just have to say that we can't do live streams in the way that we used to do it right away. We just have to pace ourselves a little bit, create some margin. So what I think is going to work out is that I will be concelebrating with the priest in the in the parish that I moved to. Um, and he also told me he is used to doing international masses as well. But uh, since this is Holy Week, he wants to focus everything on one liturgical week. He's like, these days are so important to me that I don't want to do two, two Easter vigils, two celebrations of, of Holy Thursday, one in D- Dutch and the other one in English. So we'll just, despite the fact that there is certainly a, a group of people that would love to have a, a specific English language mass those days um he's just gonna celebrate in dutch with um some some english sprinkled in (laughs) in some places a little bit like what i do in with dutch um i always give a very short summary of my usually extremely long homily in english i leave out the all the geeky details because that's for the international audience Uh, whereas the people in church well i would say at least two-thirds have not ever seen a Star Wars movie or read a Harry Potter book, so I, I try to get to <laughs> the, the gist of the homily across without using the geeky references. So, um, and, and that's just for now, that's going to be the solution, and we'll have to see from there. I just don't want to... Um, something, well, I'll talk a little bit more about that about all the deliberations that we've had over the past few few days. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out, but we're just going to bring you along in a sense that uh, uh, this is not an easy situation right now. Um, there's a lot uh, that needs to happen and not everything is right, is clear. But as a community, I'm pretty sure that we'll find something that is um, that is working for all of us. And, well, you know the, the cliché when, uh, when someone, what is it, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Um, I hope it's the opposite. I hope that this is just a window that closes and a door will open. That'll make things easier. But it's an adventure. And you can't really predict what's, what my life will look like in the next few months. And that's not a problem. It's part of the story. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I try to approach everything. Uh, sometimes when you're in front of a situation that, that you dread or you don't know how to, what to do, um, you don't know how things will work out, uh, it's all about just taking a step back thinking in some way, some weird way that I don't understand, this is all still part of God's plan. There's nothing that escapes him. And if I bring it to uh, my Father in heaven, he will help me to see the contours of his bigger plan. And that may sometimes help me deal with the stress of uncertainty. And uh, and that's not easy, and you know how much I've struggled with this whole situation for months. Even though I've only shared <laughs> very microscopic, microscopic details, um, but gradually over time, how I feel right now, I never thought a few weeks ago that I would feel this happy with the way things are working out. Which goes to show that also for me. Life is full of surprises. You could say it's like a box of chocolates. Or... <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> but it is true. It's true. Like every, every um, uh, film shoot that I do is very much um, a, like I'm jumping off a ledge. Since we had to figure out a way to produce eight episodes in a in, uh, very, very short time, 
we had to basically go on a hunch. And I've learned to trust myself in that process. If I think, well, you know what? This is a good topic, or this person I think is going to be great. We can usually start go there and start filming without much of a plan. Normally, of course, I would sit down and do research and write down all my questions. We just didn't have that luxury right now. So sometimes I would just arrive there knowing that, well, this is kind of what I want to do, what I think the story could be, often to discover that it goes in a totally different direction. We've had two of those situations where uh, in one of, one of the uh, excursions, this was all the way in the north of the country, very long drive, and we would interview two people, um, and I'd spoken to them on the phone, and we kind of figured out, or I, I figured out, well, you know, this is going to be the theme. It's all going to be about uh, reinventing this place of pilgrimage, and it's going to be very much about the, the, not just that local community that's trying to find new ways for the devotional practices that actually no longer really work that well maybe they work for a small audience but it's not enough to uh, stay alive to stay afloat so it's all going to be about this process of, of of thinking differently and coming up with surprising new initiatives and and in the end we really didn't talk about that at all and it was much more about the origins of this place of pilgrimage the story of the saints that were venerated there and that for me was so already so fascinating so at the end of the day I was like you know what we have it this is it it's a totally different story than I anticipated and that happened again just a few days ago when I went to the east of the country and I'd found this uh, lady who uh, is an artist she uh, is from a catholic background I don't think that she's um, she doesn't define herself as a practicing Catholic, but she's still very much enamored with the kind of all the rituals and traditions in that part of the country around Christian feast days. And so um, I, I thought, yeah, she's an artist, so we can go to her workplace and she can show me the the statues that she makes and, and then we can go visit a town that inspired her in her art, and ultimately we ended up visiting several places in that town, in that city, and that was already so visual and fascinating and great, and felt, and she was great too on camera, her story was great. Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, or at the end of of what what we planned, um, my cameraman and director told me, and so now we go to her town, to visit her uh, her workplace and the both of us we were like well but we don't need that at all actually this would not this would actually make the story worse because then we have to explain that we leave this city where we filmed everything and then we have to travel this was like a 20 minute drive at least to to the town where she lived we have to visit an art uh what you call it? Well, workplace. Don't know the word for it. Um, all, all that we need to somehow tell our viewers and explain, and it's it's you know in terms of atmosphere, it's going to be so different from what we filmed right now. So we had to tell her um, that we unfortunately decided against it, and we would just film a short conclusion in that town, and she was very disappointed because she had been. Um, kind of anticipating showing her art, and you know, of course, every artist wants to do that. Um, but uh, again, it's like just trust, trust the process. This is a creative. I, I explained it to her. I said, "This is like, like a, a painting. You may have an inner, a mental image of what you, you're going to paint, but when creativity strikes." sometimes you end up with something that goes way beyond anything you could have planned before. And I think that, that analogy worked for her. So she basically, we, it was okay at the end of the day. But it was so funny to, um, to see that 
the hunch was right. I knew that this was a, uh, the right person to interview and, and, and that, that, that we would have a story and it, it always comes together. So, and another, another thing that was really interesting, not only did, did we film so many episodes, but I also had to edit a TV show and I totally forgot about the shoot that I just talked about, which was planned on Wednesday. And we had another shoot on Monday, and I, f- I figured, uh, okay, so Monday we're going to film there, and then I'll have two days before the deadline, namely Tuesday and Wednesday. And just on, I think it was on Monday, that I discovered, well, wait a minute, <gasps> we have to go film on Wednesday. So I had only have one day, I mean, two days was already very challenging to edit an entire episode in one, in two days. Now I only had one day. And normally I would have panicked. And especially after ever, all the stress, you know, there was so much reason to freak out. And for some reason, I think it's grace, that didn't happen at all. I was like, okay, I've got one day. I didn't really cause this problem. Um, I'm just going to trust. I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust uh, maybe the Holy Spirit, who is ultimately, you know, the, the, the creator. Um, and we'll, I, think, I think this is going to turn... This is going to be... It's going to be okay. And I even vow to myself, I'm not going to work past midnight. I'm certainly not going to work an entire night like uh, what I did in January because it's uh, destroying my health and I have to go film so it would be disrespectful to the people that freed up an entire day to work with me and I arrive there completely dead you know because I've been working an entire night so I decided this is going to be easy uh, and, and I'm going to have fun. I'm <laughs> telling myself um, the uh, journaling helps in that respect to always start the day with a positive outlook. And so I told myself that at the end of the little, I've got a list. It's very simple for my daily planning. And I have to answer three or six questions and write down one thing. Uh, first three questions is what are your three priorities for today? Then what are your, the three most important tasks that you want to do? And then it's today, dot, dot, dot. And usually I give myself an encouragement. I think I shared this before. And so the, today I wrote down, I am really going to have a great time editing this show. <laughs> and you know what? I had. And it just came together so quickly. And I think it was around 9.30. And the show was done. I only had to do a little bit of color correction. And um, I think even even the music was already in place. So I was like, in 9.30, I I, uh, I was writing a message to Inga and Hank. Uh, I was like, I can't believe it. I'm done. I'm, the show is done. I, and it's... it's a TV episode in one day and I'm not and it's not even 10 o'clock in the evening I I think it is because of that positive it's my my happiness or my joy wasn't the result of my work but it was the opposite the 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 work and the the just the speed and the smoothness was due to the fact that I told myself you're going to enjoy this. And when you add joy to the equation, it's no longer a chore. And I don't know. You just... Uh, first, I, I don't know how my brain works, but I'm certain that it has to do with the fact that if you, you approach things from a positive outlook, it, uh, it kind of everything works together to... to to infuse what you do with that, with that joy, and it makes things easier. And when it's when you feel good, and that is something that I've experienced often before. If I, if, if I'm, uh, 
if I enjoy something, it will, you can feel it. You can tell it when I'm in a good mood. And vice versa, when I'm depressed or I let, you know, my negative thoughts run amok, everything becomes difficult and ponderous and it will affect the ultimate outcome as well. So as much as I, uh, or just like I, I, I go and film and I know that I'm going to have a great time, despite the weather sometimes, um, it, is, uh, it always ends in, 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 a, in a good result. That the same is true with editing and uh, even recording a podcast, you know. It's Sunday. I should be resting. Um, I'm still tired from yesterday when we did so much work sorting out all the stuff and uh, bringing countless boxes to welfare. Um, I still, I'm in such a good mood. I wanted to just record the walk and go out for a walk and move a little bit and listen to the beautiful sounds of trains passing me by. <laughs> And just having a smile on my face. I know that you can hear the smile on my face right now. You don't know what I look like right now when I'm walking around here. But I'm sure you have a mental image of where I'm walking. You know that there are trains on my right hand side. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I know that my mood is impacting what I, what I record. How I tell a story. the thing, Even the things that I emphasize. So, and that, that, is, that is something you can, uh, to a certain extent, you can also control or direct. And you can choose to, even though you, when I wake up and I write down my, my uh, entry for, the, for uh, the daily journal, I'm not always awake. I don't always feel super energetic. Oftentimes I haven't had my coffee yet. And so, other train... This is a small one. Um, but I still write down something that I want to happen. <laughs> um, and it's, of course, it's not magical. It's not like, okay, so I'm writing down today. I want to uh, lose three pounds and I'm going to lose them that day. No, it doesn't work like that. But it helps you focus um, your, it, it, I think it is it's a basically a mind hack. It, 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 it tricks your brain into uh, being resourceful. If I write down today, dot, 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 I'm going to have a great time editing. Then my brain is like, oh, okay, well, that's a starting point. Sure, all right, let's see if we can make that happen. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a form of self-talk, positive affirmation. Um, and, and it works with other people. And that's, I think, why it works with me. Um, the other day I was talking with a friend. Or talking, I was just uh, messaging back and forth. And he had gone through some pretty rough times. And, uh, and so we, we just shared a little bit our situation. And um, at one point I told him... Um, of I, th I think I, I, th I told myself, like, who am I to give you advice? You know, I've often gone to you to find some encouragement and uh, to sometimes uh, approach th things from a, from a different direction that I couldn't come up with myself. So who am I to tell you what to do in this situation? So I told him, just mentally take a step back and what would you tell someone else who was in this situation that you're currently in what what words would you what advice would you give that person what would you tell that person take that to heart tell that to yourself because something we're often very strict with ourselves and very demanding but then we burden ourselves with with uh, stuff that we wouldn't want to burden someone else with so if the if Jesus tells us when when asked well, what are the most important commandments and he says love God with you know all your being 
and then love your neighbor as yourself. If that's the golden rule, if that's what we should live and abide by, then this totally makes sense. Just if you would, if someone else would come to you with all these problems, what you want to do is encourage them and tell them to, you know, don't worry too much about it. Um, trust yourself, trust God, pray a little bit, let it go. If things, what is the worst thing that can happen? It's not going to, you know, all those <laughs> cliches. If it's not going to kill you, it's going to make you stronger. I don't care how cliche it is, but you would do whatever you can to cheer up that person, to help uh, that person cope with the situation instead of being submerged by it. And then when it comes to ourselves, we easily give in to all the doom and gloom and self-doubt and, and regret. And uh, But why don't we tell ourselves more positive things and give ourselves a more positive outlook, you know? Yeah, maybe things didn't work out the way I thought they would work out, but hey, let's make the most of this. This is going to be, regardless of what I did or didn't do or what I messed up or what the world messed up, we're still going to see if we can make something something good out of this day and out of this situation. And th- this morning, when I woke up and I wrote down my three priorities... What did I write down? Let me see if I can remember. I think I wrote down Priorities Mass, of course, uh, recording my podcasts, and oh, yes, yeah, sorting my Lego. I started that yesterday. It's just putting all the different types of Lego into uh, the Chinese takeaway plastic boxes that you always get here. <laughs> and so I've got a I saved up hundreds of those, and now it's so useful. But it's a ton of work. So I wrote that down. You know, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not even sure if it was priority or, uh, or, or just tasks. But anyway, and then at the end, um, today, dot, dot, dot. I said, today, dot, dot, dot. Try to find joy in everything you do. I wrote that down. And you know what? That is exactly what happened. I had a great time uh, with the International Mass. And I got like this last minute idea of um, uh, saying something about joy and what is the origin of joy and the source of joy. It's knowing that you're not alone, uh, that God takes care of you, even in the small stuff. And then I made a, uh, I thought of uh, using the Patronus, uh, the scene in the, in the Prisoner of Azkaban where Harry thinks that it's his father who saves him uh, from the Dementors by sending his uh, stag Patronus, only to discover later on that he was actually the one who did that by traveling back in time uh, with Hermione and then saving the day. Anyway, I I won't go into detail. You can always listen back to the homily that I did. But I was just having a great time sharing that comparison, and it actually even helped me understand a little bit better that uh, joy comes from experiencing that love is not a concept, but that love is something that wants to express itself and translate into gestures, into proximity, into real um, <laughs> reality. <laughs> you know, love is just concept. It's not very useful. It's not going to change. The world's not going to change you. But love always seeks very, very specific expressions. And that brings it all down to a personal level. That's how far Jesus went. You know, he he cares about the small stuff. Because for him, that is a translation of the width and height of his father's love. And so um, I was enjoying that. And then afterwards... I walk outside just to greet the parishioners because this is one of the last times that I'm celebrating Mass in this particular location. And of course, many, or many, a lot, yeah, quite a few of the, of the um, uh, people that frequent, that, that, that come to this international Mass are sad. And some even a bit angry that I, that I have to leave. Um, but then I'm standing there outside with a smile on my face and just feeling so 
happy and you know it's contagious uh, <laughs> the, the, old, the mood changes from sadness um, to, to joy and uh, then I um, went out for a walk and recorded this podcast and I still have a smile on my face and I'm enjoying this and that's why I don't mind that I'm doing this on a Sunday uh, because this feels like something that brings me joy and hopefully also uh, carries out a little bit of that joy to, to you. Um, and if not, then I'm sure that you're not even listening to this. <laughs> you're doing something else that brings you joy. <laughs> so anyway, that was what I wanted to share with you. And I'm, I'm super grateful. I never thought a few weeks ago that I would be in this uh, mindset right now. Um, and, and it's partially grace, partially the result of things that I've learned over the past few months because of all the trouble that I went to, through. And it, it was also a trigger for me or an impetus to go seek help, advice from friends, uh, rethink my own um, attitude towards problems. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to see sometimes how... Uh, how your outlook on life, despite the fact that nothing really changes, um, it, it, you can t- still have a totally different experience of the same reality just a few weeks later. Although, if I'm totally honest, knowing that I have a home to go to <laughs> and that it's a, a really nice home and I'm super ha- uh, happy with, uh, with a solution that uh, kind of dropped from the sky, um, yeah, it's not just that. It's also... Give yourself the encouragement that you would give someone else. And that I'm certain God will always give you. And you will see it. It works wonders. All right. Thank you for uh, joining me on this uh, walk. Have a great day. If you want to hear more uh, thoughts, <laughs> then there is also um, the weekly podcast that you can download or, or uh, subscribe to on fatherroderick.com. And if you're a patron, then of course there's yet another show uh, that is waiting for you in your RSS feed or your podcatcher. And that is Father Roderick to the max. So uh, those are still, you know, not in existence. (laughs) It's like Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) For me, these podcasts don't exist. For you right now, when you're listening to them, they're already there. How cool is that? Because I'm about to record them. All right, (laughs) enough. (laughs) Thank you and talk to you soon. God bless.